Hey guys, Small Line on the Outside is a TV show podcast where we talk about a different TV show per podcast season. So if you've ever gone into our past, into our history, into our archives, if you will, you've noticed all the different TV shows that we talk about. So we've talked a lot about Doctor Who, about Sherlock, but we've also talked about 24, 24 Live Another Day, The X-Files, and now Smallville. And guess what? I have a plan for the future. I'm not going to tell you about it, though, because I want to keep it a surprise. You'll just have to wait and see. So make sure that you subscribe to this podcast, like it, review it, tell your friends about it, because the next show we talk about might be your favorite. Hey, what's up, and welcome back to Smaller on the Outside, or as I would like to call it, SotoCast, the first, the best, and the only Smallville podcast that you just can't miss. My name is Dave, and I will be the hero for you today, and while I normally have a co-host with me, this season is a one-man show as we're covering Smallville. That's right, everyone. Mono e mono. Just you and me. Last week, we took a look at the fifth season of the show, which some might call the one with Brainiac, some might call it the one with the Fortress of Solitude, but I think a lot of people can agree it had some stinkers as far as episodes go, and it's not done there because season six follows suit. There are once again some stinkers in the sixth season as well, but I think in general it was as well-rounded as, say, season four was as far as seasonal arcs are considered. But we'll talk about the main storyline season six focuses on in a minute. But first, let's hear a word from our sponsors. Take it away, me. Welcome back, everyone. Now, the sixth season of Smallville does have an arc. In my opinion, it's an arc that needed to be focused on a little bit more in the season than it was, but I do understand why they might not have wanted to do that at the same time. You see, it deals with phantoms that came from the Phantom Zone, and they were spread across Earth, or maybe just Kansas, and Clark has to deal with them one by one. The only problem is they could be anybody, and each phantom has their own unique ability that isn't unlike a meteor freak. So, <laughs> while I wish they focused on this story a little bit more than anything else, I do get it. It would have become super episodic and old after a while, and honestly, would have just felt like a freak of the week format. So spreading out the zoner episodes helped it stay relevant and, quite frankly, fresh in the long run. That being said, I still don't think the whole Zoner story is as interesting or as fleshed out in the end because even with the way they are dealt with, you still have the problem that their individual episodes are sometimes really boring. Anyway, that's not the only seasonal arc. It's just the one that more or less affected everyone, whether they knew it or not. That and uh, level 33.1. But... All the characters more or less had their own stories going on as well, so let's look at those. As far as Clark Kent goes, in the sixth season we know one main thing. Clark has to get rid of the zoners. Either that means send them back to the Phantom Zone or kill them or whatever, but that's what he's doing, and he's struggling balancing that and professing his love to Lana a million times throughout the season. Yes, it's gotten out of hand at this point. Their, their flip-floppity nature makes me sigh with annoyance, every single time and it is so obnoxious that you realize Clark actually showed interest in Lois here and there throughout her entire existence on the show. Um, also Clark gains a new superpower this season. Super breath. Awesome. The only problem with that is it is so so underutilized that by the end of the season you kind of forget he even has the power. The thing is it made sense in the episode Sneeze because he was sick. 
He couldn't use his physical strength to knock down the wall. He needed to use his super, super lungs instead. But once he got the strength back, it was suddenly unneeded and forgotten about again. By the end of the season, Clark deals with the final phantom, otherwise known as Bizarro, which ends the season on a cliffhanger. As far as Lex goes, he has more or less a minimal storyline this season. It's not really focused on that much until the end. But the only stories that have any merit are everything that deals with level 33.1 and, of course, his relationship and ultimately marriage with Lana. See, he drugs her full of hormones to make her think she's pregnant in order to lock that lady in if you catch my drift. Heck, even Lionel plays into the forced marriage thing by threatening Clark if she doesn't go through with it. Marriage is really important, guys. Anyways, the main idea is that throughout these few seasons, Lex has been preparing for this season with level 33.1 as this was a secret government project taking place all over the world, doing tests on meteor freaks and phantom zoners alike to create an ultimate super soldier, which was defeated by Clark in uh, one episode. But by the end of the episode, Lex is arrested for Lana's murder, and it should be noted that this season... Lex's descent is getting more and more apparent. He does spend a lot of time just being a douche, but the entire Project Ares and his dedication to do absolutely anything necessary to make sure it goes through is more evil than douchey and is very reminiscent of the Lex in the comics. When we're talking about Lionel, I would ultimately say previous seasons of Smallville had Lionel in a more important light. Yeah, he was possessed by Jarrell and... Yeah, throughout the season, he was writing chicken scratch Kryptonian notes that all ended up being connected to the phantoms and the wraiths that escaped the phantom zone, but his involvement was pretty minimal at best. But there's at least some flip-flopping as far as his loyalties lie, which is very Lionel indeed. Lana had an unfortunate level of importance last season since it was all about her dependence to men in comparison to her always showing independence in earlier seasons. But she regained some of that importance this season, even though men fighting over her is still an annoyance that happens throughout the season. You see, her main arc this season had to do with being pregnant, then finding out the pregnancy was fake, to investigating and ultimately discovering Clark's secret, and she's okay with it. Not that that's really a surprise, given that she was okay with it in the 100th episode special when she discovered it the first time around. By the end of the season, she dies. Well, her car explodes and Lionel witnesses everything, or less he thinks he does. You, you later find out she fakes her own death. Let's talk about Chloe. So Chloe had a minimal storyline as well this season, but after so many years of being in a loveless, hopeless romantic state, she actually has a boyfriend this season, and it's Jimmy Olsen, which is great. It actually helps her uh, character feel more fleshed out and less pathetic. Uh, his importance this season, by the way, is mostly just an extension to Chloe, so I'm not going to be talking too much about Jimmy. Uh, her importance has to do with the idea she might be crazy because of her mom, and the idea that she has a meteor ability, which is an idea that shows up later in the season. By the end of the season, you discover her meteor ability is healing others, because in the finale, it was with a tear to, to save Lois's life. Let's talk about Lois. 
I wish Lois had a stronger story here, but I'm afraid her role this season is mostly blink and you'll miss it. Yeah, she's in a majority of the episodes as she's a main character, but you won't remember what she's actually doing if you're thinking back on the season. Let me give you a hint, though. Lois now works at the Inquisitor as a reporter. It's not exactly Daily Planet, but you do get to see her in an investigative role. Something you've already seen from her, but now I guess it's more official? Also, the first half of the season deals with her relationship with the Green Arrow, I guess. Which I guess is important. Let's talk about Martha. Ooh, underutilized player of the year, Mama Kent. She had so little happen this year that it's almost a travesty. Sure, she sometimes gives Clark some pointers, but Life Lessons was honestly something Jonathan was stronger at as a whole, and she's barely there because she's a senator and busy with politics, so she helps where she can, but my god, I'm disappointed. By the way, who owns the talent now? I'm just tr curious, because first it was Lana, then Lana left for Paris, then she gave it over to uh, her childish friend she didn't know was her childish friend at the time, and then... When she died, it was Martha who owned the talent, and then Martha was a senator, so who knows? I don't know. I don't know. So, recap. You know Season 6 was the one with the Phantoms, or maybe the one with Level 33.1, as those are the two main stories that ultimately affect everyone, whether they realize it or not. You also notice a lack of Jarrell's voice this season, something you're bound and ready, and uh, honestly, you just expect to hear in the finale. But not so here, so just mostly a few mentions here and there, which is fine, but you do expect a little bit more. Apart from the season in question storylines, there's also a handful of series landmark episodes, so let's look at those. Now, normally a season would have more landmark episodes than season 6 does, but I digress. The first one is the first episode. That's a landmark episode because it features an inside look at the Phantom Zone. And the first time you'll ever you ever see the Superman symbol, and also Jimmy Olsen's first appearance. So lots of stuff is happening in the first episode. The second episode is also a landmark episode as it has the first appearance of Oliver Queen, aka the Green Arrow. It also has the first appearance of what'll later be known as the Clock Tower, and Clark also gains a new ability in the second episode, Super Breath. So also a very important episode. Then we skip to episode eleven which was a landmark episode because it was the first real crossover-like episode, not actually a crossover episode, but it feels like one as it features all of the Justice League characters up to that point, plus it's a lot of people's fan-favorite episode of the series as a whole. You can also possibly call the 12th episode a landmark as it kind of features Martian Manhunter, although you don't know it yet, but Martian Manhunter is a very, very massive character in the Superman universe. Then I guess just skip to the very end of the season with a finale and call that a landmark episode, mostly just because of Bizarro. It's not a very landmark season. It has some interesting things going on in it, but that's all I can say about that. Okay, so let's talk about the individual episodes of the show. The first episode of season six is called Zod. I call this one the one with the Phantom Zone. No, I don't call it the one with Zod because I feel like the Phantom Zone is a major part of the episode, and that's what you're going to focus on throughout the episode. Anyways, this was especially memorable based off of the vision the creators had for what the Phantom Zone looks like inside that glass cage you always see in the movies. In Smallville, it's an 
entirely vast, nearly dystopian wasteland filled with phantoms that look a lot like the time wraiths found in the Speed Force in The Flash. Time isn't a construct that exists there, nor is there a source for Clark's abilities, so he has no powers there. So, once again, you have an episode where Clark has no powers. Um... Yeah, I already told you what the landmark things are about in this episode. You also know that Zod is important in the episode because Lex is Zod. He wants to rebuild Krypton on Earth. Jor-El tells Martha to take over and kill Zod with the dagger because Clark is incapacitated. Uh, he, Clark does eventually defeat Zod, though, with that Superman symbol that he got in the Phantom Zone. Um... Couple of interesting that happen things that happen in this episode. Martha and Lois wake up in the crashed airplane from the the season finale, conveniently near Clark's Fortress of Solitude, by the way, because it's in the Arctic. Um, Clark has his traditional to no powers here, like I said, the return of Zod's disciples that we saw in the first episode of the last season. Um, you also see that Jimmy's in the show now. The traditional seasonal kiss between Clark and Chloe are probably donezo at this point because of Jimmy. Uh, he does Clark does bring up the kiss from the finale, but Chloe shuts him down. Uh, and uh, Lionel lies about his connection to Jarrell at least a little bit because he still knows how to read Kryptonian text. So that's uh, so much is happening in this first episode. It's hard to to kind of all just squeeze into one little section, but st stick with me here. Sneeze is episode two. This is one I call the one with super breathing. Uh, it is a landmark episode, uh, but it's also a rather forgettable episode in the long run for nearly the same reason as the episode zero from the first season, where Lex got kidnapped to reveal secrets of his past. Essentially, that's exactly what happens in this episode as well. Lex gets kidnapped to reveal his past secrets to a guy that looks pretty similar to the guy that kidnapped him in Zero. He's kidnapped to reveal how he got superhuman powers when he was possessed by Zod. And honestly, that's all that's important to note in this episode. Uh, obviously, the landmark things about Oliver Queen, Green Arrow, Clock Tower, and Super Breath are all there as well. But as far as the story the episode has, forgettable. Wither is the third episode of the sixth season. I call this one the one with Poison Ivy, but not really. Poison Ivy is a DC character. They could have easily just used them. But anyways, uh, it's not Poison Ivy because it's one of the Phantoms from the Phantom Zone that basically has the same powers as Poison Ivy. Uh, it's a super forgettable episode as a whole, um, but it is important to the direction of the seasonal plot, which comes down to returning the escaped zoners to the Phantom Zone or killing them, whichever comes first. And uh, the first zoner was this alien that controls plant life like Poison Ivy. Uh, we have a little bit of Chloe and Jimmy hanging out and dating. We have Lex and Lana having a relationship and Lois and Oliver relationship. So Poison Ivy is notorious for romantic, lustful things going on. And there's a lot of relationships that this episode focuses on other than anything with Clark because Clark is single at this point. So there's that. Arrow is another CW show, but Arrow was also the fourth episode of uh, Season 6 of Smallville. I call this one the one with Green Arrow, obviously. In the scheme of things, this episode follows suit with other landmark episodes in that it contains something technically important, but as a whole is kind of forgettable. 
Here's the problem. It's not quite a landmark episode since we already met Oliver Queen and seen his super archer abilities. The only thing that's technically new in this episode is seeing Oliver's actual suit and the green arrow in action. Instead, we have quite the Robin Hood this episode, as the green arrow isn't so much being a vigilante as he is stealing from the rich and giving to the poor. The only other thing to note in this episode, Lois and Oliver kind of hanging out, kind of flirting, and that's about it. The one with Excelsior Academy is what I call the fifth episode, which is technically called Reunion. This episode more or less dove into more of Lex's psyche and how he eventually turns into the evil man that he's known to be in the future because it takes place in Excelsior Academy where he went to school, and he went to school with Oliver Queen, who was actually a bully to Lex, along with some other kids. But let's not forget that Lex isn't super innocent either because he was a bully right on back. But you're not going to really remember this episode for much. I personally remember it more so because the kid who plays young Lex uh, plays a character in a lot of Disney stuff, especially with High School Musical. Uh, I just found that funny. Anyways, let's talk about episode 6, which is called Fallout. I call it the one with Raya. Raya was a character that Clark met in the Phantom Zone, and she's back in this one. Uh, you find out a couple of interesting things, though. He does want to finish his training with Jarrell, but the fortress died a while back, and Raya's importance in the episode was basically to restore the fortress back to full health so Clark can eventually finish his training with Jarrell. Um... But yeah, there's another phantom that Clark has to destroy in this one. His name is Barn or Baron. Uh, he has the power to absorb and project radioactive energy that could vaporize a person in an instant. It's played by a little Bow Wow. Well, Bow Wow now. Anyways, uh, a little bit more of Lex being a douche and Lex and Lana dating. Rage is episode 7 of the 6th season. I call this one the one with the Green Arrow's drug problem. So before he had a drinking problem in This Is Us, Justin Hartley had a drug problem in Smallville, addicted to a drug that can give his body ultra-healing abilities. Um, that's honestly what you're going to remember from the episode. Uh, what you're not going to remember is that it's a Thanksgiving episode. Not necessarily a Thanksgiving special, but Thanksgiving is a big, big theme in what's going on in the episode. You have more of Lo uh, Lois and Oliver hanging out and dating. You have more of Martha and Lionel. They almost kiss. And we have Lana showing pain, uh, which is extremely important in the episode, uh, even though you don't remember it. It's the first time you find out that Lana is pregnant. Uh-oh! Or at least you think she is, so there is that. Episode 8... This one's called Static. I call it the one with Invisible Lex. So in this episode, I don't even have much notes. But it is somewhat memorable because what happens is this guy who can click into different frequencies sends Lex into a different dimension or a different frequency. So he's at his mansion, but nobody can see him or interact with him. Um, and it's important to note because there's another zoner in the episode... Uh, this is Martian Manhunter's first appearance, though there's no real interaction with anybody. Uh, you have hints of 33.1, you have Lana and Lex. She tells him about the pregnancy. He proposes marriage to her when she does that. And there's some interesting ties to the episode of Lexmas uh, in the last season. But overall, it's not that important of an episode, other than the fact that 
Uh, Lex proposes to Lana. She doesn't even say yes at this point, but he does propose, and she does tell him about her pregnancy, so there's that. Subterranean uh, is the ninth episode of the season, and it's a pretty forgettable episode, but there is some interesting things to note here. I call this one the one with the illegal immigrant. It's played uh, by this kid who turns out to be the kid who will play uh, Scott in the Teen Wolf series on MTV uh, a few years later down the road. More of Lana and Lex, more of 33.1. But what's important to note in this episode is I feel like one of the traditional things that happens every year on Smallville is Clark meets a kid that needs his help, and the kid eventually learns Clark's secret because kids are so innocent that you can trust them with your secret, right? I don't know. Maybe that's the idea behind it, but that was this season's innocence-building episode for Clark because he needed... To, they needed to step away a little bit from the darker episodes and needed to get a little bit more with the light to have that innocent kid again. So that's what that episode was. Kind of boring, kind of annoying, kind of whatever, but it did have hints at 33.1. Hydro is the 10th episode of the season. It's the one with Hydro Man, or woman, rather. It's the same idea. Somebody who can control water, can turn into water, can whatever. And it's played by Tori Spelling. I actually remember when this episode first aired, how many people were moaning and groaning at the thought of watching the episode in general because of Tori Spelling, because they didn't like her, because they thought she was just annoying in general, and they just didn't want to watch the episode. And, I mean, it's not that memorable of an episode either. Uh, throughout this episode, uh, Lana has doubts about marrying Lex because she has feelings for Clark still, or maybe something like that. She went to see Clark, who was as elusive as ever, and eventually agrees to marry Lex by the end of the episode. We have more of Lois and Oliver hanging out together. She finds out that he is the Green Arrow, or at least she thinks she found out because there's a matching wound on his shoulder. So Clark has to act as the Green Arrow instead of him uh, so she can see them both in the same room. And she kisses him thinking he is Oliver. And uh, he later smiles about it and she says that uh, he's a better kisser than Oliver. (laughs) Yeah. Episode 11 is called Justice. I call this one the one with the Justice League or more or less the one with the Justice League. Um, before annual crossover events were a thing on the CW that basically mimics the Avengers, this episode of Smallville was the next best thing. I remembered when it first aired just how huge it really was, and it was referred to as the best episode of the show in a long time. I don't think I originally agreed with that, but after being reminded of just how many filler and forgettable episodes there are this season alone... I'm starting to come around because this episode was not only important from a JLA perspective, but it's also really memorable. You see the Watchtower's name being used as the Watchtower. You see them actually call Aquaman Aquaman, which I don't think they did in the Aquaman episode. But Clark doesn't have um, a code name, and either does the Flash. So they're called Clark uh, Clark is called Boy Scout, Bart's called Impulse, uh, but I do believe they called Cyborg Cyborg, so they're almost there. They almost got it together. Uh, the people there were Clark, the Green Arrow, the Flash, Aquaman, and Cyborg as a whole. 
by the end of this episode, everybody leaves town, and you're thinking, oh man, there's going to be a spinoff of Smallville, and it's going to be everybody but Clark as they go around destroying all of 33.1 because... That was their mission, to destroy all of the versions of 33.1 there are in the world. I guess except for the one in Smallville or Metropolis. That's probably Clark's um, responsibility, though he doesn't even deal with it at all. So that's, I guess, why the finale happens? Who knows? Anyways, uh, interesting episode, fun episode, more of Lois and Oliver, but overall, fun episode. Episode 12 is called Labyrinth. I call this one the one where Clark is crazy. So basically, the idea here is um, Clark isn't really Superman. He doesn't actually have powers because nobody has powers. He wakes up in an insane asylum, and people are basically trying to convince him that he's absolutely nuts, that people don't have powers, that there's no such thing as aliens, uh, and they know everything about what he's been saying throughout the years of being Kryptonian, about all of his different powers, and um, he starts to get convinced after a while. Now, they could have done it where he's not only crazy, but he's playing a fictional version of Tom Welling, obsessed with Superman, and imagines he really is Clark Kent. Uh but they actually do a very good job convincing Clark he's nuts, and they came up with everything based off of his surroundings in the hospital. It's really, really interesting and really, really, really cool. Um, I remember this episode of Supernatural. It's one of my favorites, where their alternate reality is they are they find out that they are Jared and uh, Jensen, and they're TV actors playing... Sam and Dean, and the way that they do it is so unique and so cool, um, and it, it's a special episode. This wasn't so much of a special episode, um, but it is very fun, and uh, I have a lot of cool memories with it, but it's, it isn't a very important episode in the long run. Uh, you have Martian Manhunter plays a pretty vital role in the episode, and uh, the phantom villain is the thing that's making Clark think he's crazy. He basically has the same powers as Silver Kryptonite, if you want to call it that. You have a little bit more of Chloe being crazy, because the idea is in Clark's alternate reality where he's crazy, Chloe believes him because she's crazy. But other than that, uh, it's just a fun episode. It doesn't really tie into anything else. Crimson is episode 13. I call this one the one with the red Kryptonite love spell. So it's good to see Red Kryptonite has not left the show all altogether because we haven't seen it in a short while. Um, it's a fun episode that gives you more of a glimpse into the whole Lois and Clark thing before it eventually happens. The problem is it's saturated a bit with Clark being obsessed with Lana, which makes it feel less like a special episode and more like a soap opera. So yeah, Lois gets Red Kryptonite lipstick on and she kisses Clark uh, and it's important to note that the Red Kryptonite also affects her, which I don't think we've seen much of Red Kryptonite affecting anybody but Clark, so that's actually very cool. Uh, you have Clark, uh, professing his love for Lana, of course. You have Clark keeping Chloe in his back pocket <laughs> because he teases Chloe again. Jimmy notices and takes a break from Chloe because of that. Uh, and, uh... You find out one important aspect, that the something about Lana's pregnancy isn't normal. So, yeah. 
Clark attacks Lex. Lex stabs Clark with some kind of farm tool. Lana sees the tool bent out of shape, and she takes the tool. Do do do, which starts her whole investigation into Clark and what's really going on with him. Trespass is the 14th episode of Smallville season six. It's the one with Lana's second stalker. This episode's mostly filler, but it did have some major importance, including Lana's focus on the bent tool Lex used to stab Clark, ultimately looking into his secret. It's mostly tossed aside with a story that we've mostly already seen before, but at the end of the episode, Lana looks for the tool and finds it missing. Then, of course, there's more of Lex being a douche, giving Clark a wedding invitation, says, I want you to be there on my wedding, Clark, to see what you've lost. Again, he's not creating a problem for the world, or even just Smallville. He's just being a jerk. It's like evil puberty. Episode 15 is called Freak. I call this one the one where Chloe is a meteor freak, or we find out that she's a meteor freak anyways. This episode, while it had some interesting elements to it, was mostly forgettable and filler. But again, you kind of need to see it since it's dealing with the idea that Chloe is a meteor freak, which is important to the season, character, and maybe even series as a whole. If you skip this episode, you'll be confused why they're even talking about her being a meteor freak in future episodes. In one way, making these episodes the way they do is smart, so every episode is somewhat important. I mean, if you have to make filler episodes, make sure there's something happening that's important too, right? But on the other hand, I wish they'd just make important things like this happen in really great episodes. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Promise is episode 16. It's the one with Lana's wedding. Uh, so you have important things that deal with Lana's pregnancy and wedding in general. Uh, but the episode description for this episode starts off with, and I quote, Clark has second thoughts about Lana marrying Lex. Okay, exactly what part of this marriage is up to him? He decides to stop the wedding and tell her everything. Again. But wait, there's more. Lana's all like, no, Clark, it's cool. You don't have to explain anything because I'm not going to marry Lex anyway, yo. Even though this entire time I've been investigating you and letting you explain would have been quenched that insatiable thirst. Okay, I made that last part up. During this episode, we have a little more insight into the mystery surrounding Lana's pregnancy as her doctor is blackmailing Lex by threatening to tell her everything. And Lex kills the dude, which I think is the first time you see him do anything quite so evil. I mean, it was done rash and with red-hot anger, but not exactly calculated, but it's also hard to miss. Later, you find out Clark didn't have to explain anything because she stalked out and watched him use his abilities to save Chloe. What ultimately gets her to carry on with the wedding is Lionel who threatens to kill Clark if she doesn't marry him. That's not Lionel's only win this episode. He also finds out about the doctor in the crypt that Lex killed, and we find out he knows the mystery surrounding her pregnancy, playing this ultimate and classic Luther card against his son, who who's ready to give up control of Luther Corp to keep Lionel quiet, which is huge, but Lionel is keeping his cards close to his chest, not knowing when he'll ask for a favor. So, here we have it. Lionel is definitely evil. I guess? You never know, but he severely betrayed Clark here, so I'm assuming he is evil. I know what I'm talking about, guys. I had a date set up with a girl that I worked with once. 
We both seemed super excited about it, and she changed her mind randomly and unexpectedly. Years later, I discovered our boss talked her out of it because <laughs> they thought a different employee would suit her better. Talk about a soap opera, and highly questionable soap opera at that. This is one of the only episodes that I genuinely feel bad for both Clark and Lana. Uh, even though his declarations of love for her continue to make me roll my eyes. It is important to take notice that the editing of this episode was pretty well done. From a cleverly weaving together something completely out of order to tell a unique story to the perspective of Lana watching Clark speed away. In her eyes, he just disappears. No sound effect, no blurred visual effect. He's just gone, which does make logical sense if he is faster than a speeding bullet, but makes less sense once he's the blur where people do actually see a blur later. I don't know. I don't I don't think they ever explain it, but it is what it is, guys. Episode 16. <laughs> Episode 17 is called Combat. I call this one the one with the fight club. Could professional wrestlers be any more obvious when they're trying to act? <laughs> There's a stereotype surrounding their careers. Not only are they bad at acting, but they choose a role that is more or less acting because that's what real wrestlers do, act. But they almost always stick out like a sore thumb. Dwayne Johnson and John Cena have more or less created a name for themselves, but they're an exception to that rule. Anyways, this episode's more important. Important enough to the season because you have another zoner. You also have more of the whole Lex and Lana torrid affair and her pregnancy. But my god, it could have been done better. I mean, having Clark fight Lois in the Fight Club was humorous, but that's all I can say about the episode. Um, but yeah, in this episode, when it comes down to Lana's pregnancy, she also loses the baby due to complications. Or at least that's what Lex tells her. Progeny is episode 18. I call this one the one with Chloe's Wonder Woman mom. That's right. Chloe's mom is played by Linda Carter, who played Wonder Woman in the TV show way back when. Uh, and it's also important to note it has the furthering of Chloe might be crazy because of her mom. But that's not actually approached in this episode, though it probably should have been. Uh, anyways, as interesting as a whole, the whole Chloe is crazy and so is her mom story, its scatterbrained inclusion to the series is a bit sloppy. Uh, as a whole. Yeah, Lex uses the medicine to momentarily heal her craziness, um, but that doesn't really explain how she went nuts in the first place. Her story about the past signifies she used to be sane, so far into adulthood, and she left because she hurt Chloe by controlling her, and then she went catatonic? How exactly does that make sense? How did she go catatonic? It's possible that I'm missing a vital element here, but even if that's true... The same can be said for other viewers. Anyways, the most important aspect of this episode came down to the fact that the mystery surrounding Lana's pregnancy is more or less revealed here. That she was never pregnant to begin with, uh, and that means Lex is basically a teenage girl that feigns pregnancy to keep a relationship intact. <laughs> ah, fun, fun, fun. Anyways, Clark tells Lana he loves her again. Great man, that's awesome. That's great, it helps everything. But that's all I gotta say about that. Nemesis is episode 19. It's called The One with the Collapsed Caves. At least that's what I call it. Um, this was an incredibly important episode when it comes down to character development, as it has the whole enemies trapped in a confined space together forced to interact. Either they're going to work out their differences or those differences are going to heighten. 
When more of the cave collapses on Clark and a meteor rock is found everywhere, Clark has to ask help t- to get him out of that situation. And Lex just up and leaves. Or at least you think he does until he comes back with a piece of metal to help him out. But it makes you think, was he just going to leave him there? Did he come back just because he thought Clark was going to get out of it and accuse him of trying to murder him? I don't know. Lionel was covering for himself when Lana approached him about his threat by saying it was to protect Clark. Yeah, okay, man, whatever. You think Clark flip-flops? Woo, boy, talk about Lionel. We also get a little bit more glimpse into Project Ares. Lana first sees the words on a hidden document in Clark's, or Clark's, Lex's briefcase. And we also later see a man strapped to a table as part of Project Ares, which, of course, has something to do with level 33.1. Episode 20 is called Noir. I call this one the one that's black and white. So when I was checking into this episode on Track.TV, I I don't always check in with a note, but this time I did. I said, you kind of have to get through the duds to get to the good episodes. And this is one of those episodes that I consider a dud, okay? Uh, because it's one of those special episodes that has little to no importance in the long run, but it is interesting because it's a special. The last time they had one of these, these characters all played their own ancestors in a story that took place a few generations ago, but that episode did have some importance. Not so much here. It should be noted that I hate noirs, gangsters, and in certain cases, I'm just not that fond of block, black and white either, so as you can imagine, I really don't care for this episode. But it does have some things to note. In the noir world, Clark is not only a reporter at the Daily Planet, but also wears glasses. Given that this is all cocked up in Jimmy's head, it's a little confusing as why he'd imagine Clark in glasses. But in this very same episode, that version of Clark is seen next without glasses and without his clumsy attitude, uh, which was seen previously as well. I think this was because they wanted to construe the alter egos of Clark has in both realities but I just read it as bad continuity, especially because Clark's Kent alter ego in Clark Kent is Clark Kent in the Nor world. Clever. Anyways, one important thing that happens in this episode near the end is that Lionel's discovery that Lana has been double-crossing both Luthers as he saw Lex talking about Project Ares not being ready yet. So this was the second mention of Project Ares. Prototype was episode 21. I call this one the one with the super soldier. It is the, what, penultimate episode? Uh, Funny fact, back in 2006 or so, I wrote a book based on an old short film my brothers and I created called Breadman about a superhero who gets his powers from baked goods and battles evil super soldiers. I honestly thought that I was the most clever person in the world because I invented super soldiers, and every time I'd see a movie or a TV show talking about super soldiers, I'd be like, they stole that idea from me. Turns out that's not the case. I didn't even come close to inventing them. They're everywhere. Captain America's a super soldier. However, I didn't know about that. I didn't even know the term existed outside my own mind. So the best I could claim is, great minds think alike. Anyway, that's the idea behind this episode, which is more or less a culmination of every subtle hint at what 33.1 is, was, and what has been doing this whole time, which was taking out all the meteor freaks up to this point and some phantoms that we know and uh, we presume they were taken by Lex and then he created a soldier with a combination of all these abilities put together. 
Clark defeats him in one episode, but we see Lex has grand plans in place for 33.1. He has like a million clones. <laughs> Where that came from, I don't know, but it's very interesting because it is very much a Lex Luthor thing to do, and it is very much a hint at evil Lex. A little bit more of Clark fawning over Lana, but that's all I could say about their storyline. Phantom is the 22nd and final episode of season 6. I call this one the one with Bizarro. Uh, <laughs> the quote here is, I'm you, only a little more bizarre. <laughs> As if that's a normal thing to say. Anyways, there's so many th important things happening in this episode, okay? Lana probably has the most importance in the episode. You find out that she's leaving Lex. She reveals to Clark that she knows his secret. She reveals to Lex that she knows about the hormones that he's been injecting into her. She rushes into a car after telling Lionel that Lex hit her, and the car explodes. You think she's dead. You expect it's Lex that killed her because she left him. And we later find out that she faked her own death, but you don't find that out until the next season, so I digress. As far as Chloe goes in this episode, you find out what her meteor ability is in the episode. You find out that she has a healing ability. Lois gets stabbed, so Chloe heals her with a single tear. And then she gets knocked unconscious after she heals her. You find out that Clark deals with the final phantom, uh, but the phantom doesn't die as easily as the rest, and it instead is Bizarro. And Bizarro f can fly, by the way. Every version of Clark that isn't Clark can fly because Clark is slow at everything. Anyways, Bizarro flies off. It's the um, it's the cliffhanger at the end of this uh, episode is Bizarro. Uh, but anyways, Clark deals with Martian Manhunter a little bit in this episode. He also approaches Lex in revenge for killing Lana. But Lex seems surprised that Lana is dead and seems shocked. Um, so that's a little hint that Lex didn't actually kill Lana. Uh, as far as Lex goes, he's in the final stages of Project Ares. He needs alien DNA to keep the vessel alive, otherwise it dies within 24 hours. That's his main story this uh, episode, but he also, at the very end of this episode, gets arrested for the murder of Lana. So, as typical with any good Smallville finale, we have a lot of cliffhangers going on for everybody. Uh, Chloe is probably the least important Cliffhanger, she ends up being unconscious, but when do when doesn't she? Or when doesn't somebody in a Smallville finale, somebody ends up unconscious? You'd think that all of these characters would have concussions by now because of how many times they've gone unconscious in order for Clark to do something, but I digress. By the way, um, I think one of the worst effects that Smallville has had thus far is the face of uh, Bizarro. Um, it's like this digital um, flicker that shows Bizarro's true nature, which is like broken glass, like a face made out of broken glass, which is cooler sounding on paper than it is in reality because it just looks like a weird filter that they put over Clark's face, and it's just stupid looking. Um, I mean, it makes sense. Uh, Bizarro has a gray face, like he should, but, but whatever. Because the next time you see Bizarro, he's not going to have that face for the most part. He just kind of, it kind of goes back and forth between Clark's face and Bizarro's face. Whatever. Whatever. Bizarro's an interesting character. I don't think that was really ever needed in the show. I mean, you go from the introduction to General Zod, 
in the finale of the last season to the introduction of Bizarro Clark. Not exactly the same thing. Anyways, all right. Um, that was season six of Smallville. Not my favorite season, but it does have an interesting arc overall. Uh, we'll see you next week with uh, season seven of Smallville. Uh, that'll be on Tuesday, like always. Until next time, guys, peace out and have a good week. Thank you for listening to the Smaller on the Outside, the first, the best, and the only Smallville podcast that you just can't miss. To learn more about the podcast or to listen to older episodes of the podcast, head over to sotocast.weebly.com. Thank you.